Amen. Well, once again, it is so good to see all of you here this morning, to look out and, and see uh, so many smiling faces. It's good to have you here. I know it's already been said, but welcome. We're glad that you're at Brookhaven today. Uh, I, I want to start off uh, with just a couple pictures I want to show you. I have a, a picture I want to show you uh, on the screen. It's a picture of New York City. And what I would like for you to do is I would like for you to look really, really hard. And I would like for you to see the milk cow in the picture, all right? Look really, really hard. And when you find the cow, raise your hand. I don't see any cows. No, nobody's raising their hand. All right, well, let's, let's go to another picture. Uh, uh, hit the next picture. What I would like for you to do here is I would like for you to find the taxi. You got, anybody see the taxi? Raise your hand if you see the taxi. No, nobody's raising their hands. Huh. You know, um, you may have looked at first for uh, the cow in New York City. You might have. I don't know. You, you might have uh, glanced. Maybe there's a taxi in the farm somewhere. But you probably wasn't really serious because where you look for things matters, right? If we had taken that picture of New York and, you know, had some really cool uh, uh, electronic stuff, blew, blew it up, maybe we could have. Maybe we could have found a taxi. Um, it, wasn't, it wouldn't have been so hard to find a cow on the farm, right? Because that's where cows are. The reality is, is where you look for things matters. I want you to hold that thought for just a moment. And I want us to talk about this story that um, Tiffany read this morning. Um, we've been looking over the last few weeks about some iconic statements, these big statements that that are said by people in this big story of Jesus' death and resurrection. We, we really have uh, sort of expanded the menu, you might say, and from Palm Sunday until today, we've been looking at these iconic statements, these statements that had there been Twitter in Jesus' day, someone would have tweeted. One of those is found in the story that Tiffany read today. It's where the angels say to the women... Why do you look for the living among the dead? Now, the reality is we shouldn't be too harsh on them because they had seen Jesus die. They had seen him actually be buried in this tomb. And so they went exactly where they thought he would be, at the grave. But the angel says to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Now, the angels are talking about uh, the actual physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is something as followers of Jesus Christ that we um, believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus, Jesus is, was physically raised from the dead. But what, what really got me thinking is that there's so much more a rich truth in this statement. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Because the reality is, is that we're all looking for life. We're all looking to live life to the fullest. We're all uh, wanting to um, really experience life and all of its joys. We're all looking for life. There are, there are dozens of books written about how to have your best life or how to live life to the fullest. We're all looking for life. The problem is, is that we look for life in all the wrong places. We look for life amongst dead things. I believe that as, as humans, 
There are certain things that all of us long for. There are certain things that all of us are searching for, you might say. Things like love and fulfillment, joy, acceptance, happiness, purpose. All of these things are things that as human beings we are longing to discover. We are longing to really experience that part of of life. To be able to experience joy and happiness. To find meaning and purpose. So it is something that we're all looking for. The problem is not what we are looking for, but the problem is where we're looking to find it. Not only, not only is the problem where we're looking to find it, but we've allowed um, the powers of darkness to really redefine what that really means. So even, even what we think is joy or, or acceptance or what we think is love, there really have been, they've been masked by uh, really the powers of darkness that has tricked us into believing the wrong things. So we look for love in relationships that are shallow and built on things that do not last. And we, do, we, we, we look for that love in those relationships and we seek hard after and we try to find the next relationship that will experience this love only to find ourselves disappointed over and over again. We look for acceptance by trying to impress people with the things that we own, the titles that we have, the positions of influence that we carry, the educational degrees that we have uh, put together. And so we look for acceptance by trying to impress people, only to find ourselves disappointed again. We look for intimacy and closeness in a computer screen with images that are not, um, they do not honor our relationships. They do not honor God. And we long for intimacy. We long for closeness. It is what we have been created for. And we look for places to find it in ways that are, that are not healthy and are not honoring to God. We look for peace by trying to drown our sorrows in substances that will only leave us temporarily at ease. We look for the things that we were created to have, that God created for us, for love, for acceptance, for purpose, for meaning. But we look for it in all the wrong places, only to discover we are disappointed over and over and over and over again. We look for meaning, purpose, by trying to chase down the next job promotion. We can just go on and on all day long. But the problem is not what we are looking for. The problem is where we are looking to find it. These ladies, they were looking for the right thing. They were looking for Jesus. They they thought at least his body would be there. But they were looking for the living among the dead. Over and over and over again in our lives, we are looking for life. We, we want to live it to the fullest, and we are chasing it down. We are, spending, we are spending our energy, we are spending our life focusing, trying to, get, to grab it. We think if we just try harder, we'll be able to grasp it, only to end up frustrated because we are looking for life in all the wrong places. It is the story humanity 
The question I wonder is what if we look for the right things in the right place? Uh, Pastor Dave, come here. I, I just, this is just a, a fun story I want Pastor Dave, Dave and I to talk about a little bit. Uh, Pastor Dave, you're on a vacation recently, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I heard this great story that you lost something while you were gone. Can you just walk us through that a little bit? Sure. I've been trying to make sure I find a way to tell the short version of the story. But my wife and I were, were visiting North Carolina last week, and we visited lots of great trails and waterfalls, tons of waterfalls in North Carolina. And one particular day, we had hiked a strenuous trail. That's how it was listed on the, on the, um, you know, the board before you start the trail. And we'd been hiking all day. And as we were headed back to the car, coming up the trail, like my legs were starting to ache. I had like a nerve that was giving me fits. I'm kind of like limping to the car. It's about 7 o'clock at night. We get to the car, pull up my car keys. And the keys are there, but the key to the car is not on the ring. And it's not my car. It's a rental. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm an hour from the hotel on a mountain in North Carolina. I'm exhausted. I just want a hot bath, a meal, and I don't have the car key. So I call the state park. They don't answer. I call 911. They send a park ranger out. And his volunteer firefighter shows up. This very nice but gruff North Carolina man uh, pulls up. He's got a big piece of chaw on his lip. He goes, you've been on the trail the whole time? I said, yeah. He's like, yeah. I bet we can find him keys. I was like, okay. He's like, yes, let's go down. I'll get, some, I'll get some boys. We'll go down there. We'll find the keys. I'm like, I got to hike the trail again with these guys? Like, I'm exhausted. So, but I can't, let him, I can't let them look by themselves. I already feel bad like I'm kind of wasting their time with this non-emergency, really. And so he gets eight guys, and we start on one end of the trail, and he sends four guys with an ATV to start on the opposite end, and we're going to meet. There's a waterfall in the middle and a waterfall at the end, and we went to both of them. Now, I, when I go hiking, climb up all and down everywhere because I want to get the best picture of the waterfall. So I had gone off the trail, gone down the waterfall, back up. So I had to do it all over again. And these guys are watching me climb down on these rocks and come back up. And Well, when we got to the middle waterfall, the other group had converged. And so they get to me and I said, sorry, man, we didn't find any keys. And at this point, it's about 8.30, so it's pretty dark. And they're like, Okay, so, all right. Well, they said, why don't you walk out with us this way towards the last waterfall, and you can retrace your steps yourself, because we looked, but we didn't see it. All right, so we walked the whole trail. No keys. Get to the last waterfall. Look around. And then I remembered a specific spot where I had paused to take a picture. I had gotten on the rock closest to the waterfall as possible. Pastor Emily was on the other side of the river taking pictures. And I had, like, squatted down and done stuff and sat on the rocks to get pictures. And I remember I had probably sat on my keys on that rock. And I go with my flashlight, and sure enough, I mean, on this rock, no joke, this far from the, the waterfall, like from the current, there's the rental car key just sitting right there. And I go, I got it, I got it, I'm screaming, I got it. And these guys are like, all right, so they get on the radio, like, we found it, we found it. And the guy back at dispatch back at base is like, are you serious, are you kidding me? Oh, that's a miracle. They're just going on and on. So it was, it was crazy, but yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it was an interesting great, experience. Great yeah. That's a, did he, he's a great <laughs> storyteller. He's a great storyteller. You know, we often say that, uh, oh, I was just at the right place at the right time. But in reality is, that, that happens sometimes, but it usually doesn't happen. In my life, when I've lost things, I have, I have found them when I actually looked where it was, right? That's the way it works, right? And when, when, when people lose things, um, 
Uh, and I'm notorious for losing things. People ask the craziest questions like, well, where did you lose it? <laughs> like, well, if I knew where I'd lost it, I'd go get it. <laughs> you see, we find it when we look where it is. Um, we were all created for joy. We were all created for, for fulfillment, for purpose, for acceptance. We, we were created to have life, to live it to the fullest. God has wired us that way, but we often look forward in the wrong place. Can I propose to you today that what God offers you is life, but it is only found in Him? That, that is the only place that the life that He offers us is found. Um, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is in John uh, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And um, I love it because it is so contrary to what the world, the narrative that the world tries to, to sell us. Uh, Jesus is talking and he says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come in, they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and, and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, that's what Jesus offers us. The world tells us that, that he's, only, he's only out to, to deprive us and to choke the life out of us. But can I just tell you very simply today, you will find life and you will find the ability to live it to the fullest when you look for it in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Everything else will leave you frustrated. All the other places that you can look to find joy, all the other places you can look to find new acceptance, all the places that you can look to find happiness, Meaning all of those, they're going to leave you disappointed. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life. And that you might have it abundantly. And the question I have is, why do we continue to look for the living among the dead? There's a theme that runs through the scriptures. It's this theme of new life. Uh, the New Testament writers, they write about it a lot. This idea that Jesus has come to give us new life. In Romans we read, We are therefore buried with him through baptism and into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may, too, we may live a new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. This is a theme that just makes its way through the Scriptures over and over again, that Jesus has come that you might have new life. Now, when we hear that, that seems sort of, um, well, obvious, right? Like, we can really just become whatever we want to become, right? We can change our life. We can just do whatever we want to do. This is how we, we uh, Western Christians sort of live and understand life. For the ancient world, when you talk to scholars who know about the ancient world, you begin to see that this is actually a very revolutionary idea. In the ancient 
uh, Greek and Roman world, you were who you were based on, on circumstances and, and things that were completely out of your control. I mean, you were who you were because of who your parents were, because of who your father was. You were who you were because of your mother and, and whether or not your parents were just the, a, a way that they looked at it was like the, the mother was this nurturing soil to which life came together through you and you were just who you were based upon your, your parents. You were just who you were based upon your ethnicity and, and all these circumstances that are out of your control. And Jesus comes on the scene and he says, no, no, you may have new life because I am your father. You can have new life because I am going to redefine who family is. Jesus says, you may have new life. And we hear it and think, oh, that's obvious. But I, can I just say, I want to challenge us because we say it, but we always don't live it out. We actually say, well, you know, we can be whatever we want to be, but, but you know, my parents, they're just a certain way. And I, I'm probably going to end up like them. I'm destined to end up like they are. I'm going to fall into the same patterns, the same Addictions, the same struggles as my parents. I'm probably just going to be who they are. You know, I, I'm probably going to be the way I've always been. There's some cycles in my life that are, that are discouraging, that are disappointment, disappointing, and I'm probably just going to fall into those ruts the rest of my life. And, and we begin to, to, to buy the lie that we are who we are and there is absolutely no way we're ever going to change. Can I tell you, there is no way you're ever going to change. <laughs> but can I tell you, God can change you? That God is your Father. He has redefined life and He speaks new life into you, and we will never change on our own doing by just working harder, by trying harder to be better. We will only change because of the transformational work of Jesus Christ in our life. And today, I just want to offer you new life. I want to offer you new life and ask you the question, why are you looking for living So here's what I want us to do. In my hand, um, I think you'll, they were in the worship folders. You may have already turned them in, but if you uh, have already turned it in, uh, there's one, there's several in the pews. In my hand, I actually have uh, a card that Kelly gave us uh, several weeks ago, just a, a proclamation of faith that she had surrendered her life uh, completely. I've actually kept it on my office desk. What I want you to do is, I, I want everyone, just, just so everyone kind of is in the routine, try to put your hand on one of these communication cards that are in front of you. We're in a worship folder. Just, just everybody put your hand on it. If you're here today, and you know, you know that you have been looking for life in all the wrong places, and frankly, you're disappointed, you're frustrated. 
discouraged, despondent, wondering if there's ever any hope that your life could change. And you would like to start looking for life in the right places. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life. Here's what I want us to do as they're playing. I'm going to pray. If you would just like to write your name, just write your name and say, today I am making a decision to, to discover the life that is found in Jesus Christ. Pastor Brian is going to be on the way out in the main doors. There's going to be a basket between the two doors. I would love for you just to put those in. And I promise you, we will follow up with you in the next, in the next few days about that decision because we want to have that conversation with you. Because what I long for you, what I long for the past, as pastor of Brookhaven is for every single person in this room to experience life to the fullest that it is only life that is found in Jesus Christ.